Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I want to take this time, have a Bible lesson, and I just want to speak to you from my heart. This is just, like I said here, I don't know, I don't know the last lessons. This is just something that I'll just call it a phase I'm going through. I don't really know how to put words to it. I just, something that comes to me and I just write it down. So as I've said, this is um, an area I'm in. So this is what I feel of the Lord. So this is what I'm going to speak. So um, if you will, um, you can just remain seated. But uh, where I want to go to is uh, St. John chapter 8. And the title I'll go ahead and tell you is what I want to speak on is freedom. And I know as Americans, we can relate to freedom. We are thankful for the freedom we have. I mean, as just natural Americans. Uh, for the freedom uh, that we have, uh, we're f- the, the, the freedoms that we have of coming to church, the freedoms to do, basically we say what we want to do. Uh, so we can relate to that. But what I want to speak today on is spiritual freedom. And that is really what I want to speak and what I want to, what I have to say to relate to. So in St. John chapter 8, here is the Lord uh, speaking. And in verse 31, here he is speaking to the Jews. And the Lord says it like this. Then Jesus, to those Jews which believed on him, said, If you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, what I want to do, I want to read that again. And I want you to listen, listen to the words as if you have never heard this. Because there's conditions placed on this that we need to look at. Verse 31, to the Jews, number one, that believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Shall make you free. Now to be free, I don't care what anybody says, you have to be bound of something. To be made free, you have to be bound. There is no argument there. So the Lord is telling this. Now, today in America, we have so many churches that are just saying it like this. And aside of me, I can can almost relate to this. They just literally say, come as you are. And believe what you want. Some even goes to the point of saying, 
believe what you want. We're non-denominational. You just come in. The point is, let's just come in, all have church, love Jesus. We have got the point across, and let's go home. Now, I would say, is anything sacred anymore? Brother Gibson spoke to us Wednesday night about how to approach God. Used to, the preacher and the church was off limits. They had respect. But through the years, men and women has brought it on the church through money, through begging for money, and just allow me to be plain. Getting on TV, abusing this, and then you've had people from churches abuse another person. And this is what, this is going to sound like I'm throwing rocks, but it just, I just didn't start coming here yesterday, so just allow me this freedom. So when someone's, in other words, if, I'll just use my wife, she can get mad at me. If she, if she abuses me and hurts me, and I take it out on her, you know, I say, you know what? I got hurt at Hatch Bend, so I'm not going back. Well, it's her that I should be dealing with, not God. I'm making God pay for something that she did. And that's what has happened so many times. People has got hurt. They have looked on television and says, all them people want is money. Money, money, money. I'm not going to church. All they want is your money. Which you go to the grocery store and try to buy something without money. You go anywhere and try to buy something without money. It's not that we're trying to beg for money. Money is just part of living. You have to use it as Brother Boyd preaches in balance. But when we are dealing with people, people is just going to get crossed up. So you can't go to the point. That's why I'm said used to, used to. People would keep their mouth off the preacher and off the church. They were sacred. They would not cross their line. Now they're used in comic strips. They're used to make fun of. They're used in their movies. If you even watch a movie, which you shouldn't, but if you take and you get on there and if they're used in a movie, they're used in a negative sense. They're used in something that you just made fun of. They're just used in something that just poke fun of. How stupid they are, just pardon me for saying that. But what they're used, everything is used in a negative sense. In other words, there's nothing sacred about it. Everything is just thrown to the wind. Other words, when it's just them bunch of fruitcakes that go to church. That is the way the enemy has turned it around. So then you got people that's just saying, you know what? We're just, we don't know what to do. We don't care what you believe. We don't care what you are, what you wear. You just come to church. Now, I would say it like this. We're not trying to be cruel. I had a man in this church years ago come to me, and I'm telling you, the man was serious. He asked me, he says, all I own is just T-shirts. Can I come to church? I said, not only can you come to church, you can sit on the front seat. Because if I sit you on the back, this book calls me a hypocrite. I'm telling you, this book calls me a hypocrite. I said, you wear your T-shirt 
and you come to church and you can sit on the front. So it's not about what you wear. We ain't making it about that. I'm telling you, but when we throw this book to the wind and just say, come as you are, do what you want, we have no Bible to stand on. We have nothing to stand on. We just can't say everything has got so unbelievably out of control. We have no balance. That's why I said this book has got to be the benchmark. You have always got to have something you can go back to. When the world has gone crazy, you have got to have something that will establish you and strengthen you. And you can always go back to that you know that hadn't moved. Everything else is subject to change. Nothing is stable in your life. I don't care who you says love you and will stay with you the rest of your life. It can change. It can change in a moment. I'm not trying to paint your world gray. I'm just trying to be realistic. Everything can change in a moment. But I'm telling you, this will not change. This is a line that will stay the same. It will not change. You can always go back to it. So this is an established benchmark that will stay the same. Here is another area that I think that I, that, that I looked at wrong. Because I would look at, here is another area. I've told you, and from the time I start now to the time I finish, you take everything I say as from me. But here is another area that I think that I was wrong in. Because I would look at TV and I would say, how was people in Christian stations, this is just, I think, a fault of mine. I would look at Christian stations and I would say, how was people supposed to know what to believe? Man, there's just so much thrown out there. How do you know what to believe? If you are really and truly searching for God and to really know the truth, how do you know? What are you supposed to do? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm limiting God. God's bigger than me. Do I think God can't control this? Just because it's chaos to me. It's not chaos to God. When God looks down, he preached about it Wednesday night, a humble spirit. When you come before God, he will in no wise turn it away. I'm telling you, when you search for God and you are searching in the right and with the right spirit and the right heart, God will of no wise turn you away. So what looks just like unbelievable chaos to me, God says, you know what? Through all the mist down there, I see one that's searching for me. And I'm going to go find them. Whatever I got to go through, whatever mist or whatever war I got to go through to get to them, I'm going to make it happen. So I, there, I think, therefore, I was wrong. I'm looking at it from human eyes when I shouldn't have been looking at it through human eyes. I got to look at it through the way God looks at it. I'm just looking at it like, wow, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? But I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm telling you, I was wrong. I'm looking at it through a limited point of humanity and I was wrong in doing that. I'm telling you, when God looks at this, so it's not, it's not about, I will go as far as saying in all honesty, in all honesty, it's not about saying and spouting from the pulpit, it's not about what we believe, it's about what this book says. It's about what this book says is truth. It's about what this book says. We can only 
we can only preach the truth of what this book says. And when we preach what this book says, then we're preaching truth. Then we're preaching truth. Now, when you take, when you go across this great land of which we live in, and all the hundreds of churches they are, I do not for a moment think that's God's will. Not for a moment do I think all the hundreds and hundreds of different churches. I believe that is man. I believe that is brought about by man. You can look at it any way you want. I mean, you can, you just, it's just when you've got so many churches with so many different beliefs, you make me mad. I'm leaving your church. I'm starting my own church. We're going to see, you know, you have church on Wednesday. I'm telling you, we don't have church on Wednesday. We have church on Thursday. I'm telling you, that's when you should have church. You should have church on Thursday. You come join us. We have it on Thursday. It's all over our country. It is all over our country. You get mad with me, I'll just start another church. We'll just do it like we want to do it. It's all over our country, literally everywhere. To the point they said, we don't care what you believe. Just come on. Just come on. And then they say, we don't care. You just come on. We just have it with so many different beliefs. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. Nowhere will you find this in Scripture, this is taught. Nowhere, 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 nowhere. Believe, if you've ever believed anything, believe me now, what I'm telling you, nowhere is this taught in Scripture. Did God ever teach this? That he taught Israel, he says, when you're going through the promised land, do not make any leagues with the inhabitants. Don't give your daughters to them. Don't give your sons with them. They will contaminate you. And the, uh, the spiritual thing with that is do not mix with them. I'm telling you, the reason for that is we don't want none of their religion. We don't want none of theirs. God has always said on them, I am enough for you. I will be your God. I will supply your needs. And you don't need to look nowhere else. Do not mix with them. So their God is telling them this. And now... It's always been this, always. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And if we don't preach this, we need to close the doors because we ain't nothing but a social club. That is the truth, I'm telling you. We have got to stand on this. We can't compromise this. Never can we compromise this. We cannot do this. We cannot compromise this. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. He never encouraged his disciples to place confidence in the mere fact, in the mere fact of past faith or experiences. There's nothing wrong of looking back of, of what God has did for us in the past. But he told them in reading to them, reading this, he said, if you continue in my word. That's why saints that has lived a full life in the Lord continually says, you know what? Of verses that I've read a thousand times when I'm going through something at ways that I never knew existed. Just when I needed something, God showed me this from a different light. So if you continue in my word, this is not about something where, where it's just a one-time, you know, I've, I've literally had people tell me, they're a Christian, they're just not living the life. Here again, that's not found in the Bible. That is not supported in the Bible. 
This is not about, I got the Holy Ghost 20 years ago and well, you know, I just been, me and Jesus been doing our own thing ever since. Here again, that's just not found in the Bible. He's talking to the Jews that believed on him. We would say it like this. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us that believe on him. You've got to continue in his word. I have to continue in his word. And he said in doing this, it's an ongoing relationship. It's not a one-time deal. He said the truth will make you free. Will make you free. Now, sometimes what people don't want to hear. I remember the lady years ago saying, you mean my baby that was just born is a sinner? And we think, we're not calling your baby a sinner. We're telling you your baby is born with the nature of sin. Every person is. Every person will be born basically under the bondage of sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ is the one that can free that. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth would make you free. Now, some people just don't believe that. They don't believe that. They will tell you, you're bound. They'll look at Christians. You're the one that's bound. I'm telling you, you're the one that's bound. You're bound. You've got all these restrictions. You're the one that's bound. You're the one that's bound. I'm telling you, every, the one thing that this world don't need is just another religion. What it needs is a relationship with the author. That's what it needs. We don't need just another religion. We've got one true religion, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all that we need. We don't need another religion. I mean, God has told Israel from the very beginning, from the very beginning, they don't need another one. The power of the truth is what's going to set us free, and God would do that. And then when you take... I don't know, people just, you got some that just says, if you free, I have been told this, literally, you're bound. Kenneth, you are bound. You go to church, you've got all the restrictions, you're bound. I'm free. I go to a church that frees me. But what they fail to understand, and I would put it in a language that we can understand, in a spiritual sense, when you, as they would put it, free your flesh, what you're actually doing is binding your spirit. There is no other way to look at it. And God said what he would make us free from is the bondage of sin. And what they think that we are bound from, we're actually made free from. They can't see that because they're bound by the bondage of sin. And I'm telling you, God said, you've got to continue in this word to see this. You cannot come to church one time and get an experience and go home and never see this. You have got to continue in this word to have God to open your eyes to see this. He said, if you would continue in my word and continue in this, that's why, that, 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 that's why I would say it like this. Never, ever, ever 
Will you take the smartest? Uh, smartest is not the right word. The most spiritual man that's ever lived or woman that's ever lived closest to God. Never would they experience everything that God has ever offered. Never. It's just not going to happen. God is so vast and so big. Everything he has is so much. I mean, so you can't, you can't look at it that way. That, that, so when you come, you've got to take and realize what God has. So you can't take that when you come to church, that when you take and experience something, that that's going to be the last of it. Because it's not. So that's why I say when you come to church, if there is something you truly spiritually do not understand, don't sell God short and just say, God, I'm just frustrated and I don't understand it. He said, if you continue in my word. That's why in, 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 in human terms, that's why we study and we take tests. A test is something to, take, to test your knowledge of that certain subject that you're on. It's the same way spiritually. We don't understand everything there is to know. I mean, uh, uh, spiritually about God. But do I just say, God, I'm just frustrated with it. I don't understand it. So I, therefore, I've had it and I'm done. No. God said if you would continue, if you would continue in my word, then you would know the truth and the truth would make you free. Well, I got enough faith in God to realize that the, where my freedom comes is just keep going to the well. Just keep going back. Just keep going back. Keep going to this truth. So I would say to you, when there is times that we literally, truthfully, spiritually do not understand something, have enough faith in God that when you pray, ask God help me with this. I do not understand this. That is not selling yourself short. That is just being human. When you ask God, God made us a promise. He said, if you would continue in my word, then you're my disciples and you would know the truth. That is a promise from God. And what it's going to do, it's going to free us from the philosophy of man, the traditions of man. It just man-made religion. And I believe this truth is so valuable. That's why uh, I believe that every time that we assemble, no matter who says it, every time this truth is open and read, that it can free us from certain areas. No matter what's being done, what's being said, this is God's word. It's, it is valuable. It is truth. It, is made, it is, has a power to set free. So anytime we come to church and are being made hearers of the word, then I believe it has the freedom uh, therefore, I believe it has the power to free us from the things that would want to bind us. And we live in a world that it's just, it is just literally everywhere. That's why we need as much as we can of, of this truth that we have. But the freedom we have, he says, continue in my word, then you're my disciples, and you would know the truth, and the truth would make you free. The truth would make you free. I'm going to turn over to um, Matthew right quick. I want to read uh, Matthew 10. This is the mission of the 12. This is when they go out to show you the value of this. This is the Lord sending them out. 
Matthew 10, 12 through 15, that the Lord says it like this. And he says, and when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Now listen to 15. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now God says when it comes time to share my truth, when you go to a house, salute it. If it be worthy, pronounce peace. In other words, if they're acceptable to your truth. If they're not, you take that peace back. I look at it like this. Don't judge me harsh for this. But oh, we got a lot of people out there that says they're doing good works. And you just, well, they're, they're, trying, to do, they're, they're trying to do good works. God bless you. Be careful who you put God's blessings on. Now, just judge me ever how you want to. But I just read to you out of the Bible that God said, if their peace, if their peace is there, if they hear your words, put your peace there. If they will not hear you, you take your peace back. Then you go to the edge of the city and you shake the very dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And we know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, I'm going to have more mercy for Sodom and Gomorrah than I am for them. So when it comes to God's truth, that lets me know just how valuable his truth is to him. So I was thinking about this, is just how valuable this is. This is the way the Lord looks at it on those who reject this truth. He does not take it very lightly. Shake the dust off your feet. So I'm just thinking, shake the dust off your feet. I don't know, it, dust, I mean, that is the most common thing we have, literally dirt. So I was just looking at it, thinking uh, along these lines, and I don't know, just one explanation I could come up with. I don't think it's the right one, but I was just thinking dust. Man was made from dust. So I was just thinking, you know, one explanation or theory I could throw out there God was just saying, don't take none of their nature with you. In other words, man was made. Do not take nothing from them. Don't take none of their nature. But I believe literally the, the expla what we could really explain this with is when, we, when God said, shake off the dust of your feet, right there, means this. Separate yourself from everything associated with that place. Don't you take nothing with you. You go there, you take your sandals off, you click them together and say, you know what, old boy? We just took our piece back and we're leaving the dust with you. You're on, you're on. I'm telling you, that's the way God looks at it. So what I'm telling you, when God gives us scriptures like this, I, can't, I just can't patty cake around with this. He takes this truth very serious. He put power in this truth. He said he was going to give us strength in this truth. He said if I would apply myself to this truth and continue in this truth, then he is going to make me free 
whatever would come against me, he would give me the freedom over. Whatever would try to bind me, whatever would try to hinder me, he would give me the freedom if I would continue in this truth because life is going to try to hinder me. Life is going to try to come against me. He would give me strength to overcome it. Life itself is just going to, that's why I said things is going to land on your doorstep you didn't ask for. You're going to get up and check your mailbox and say, wait a minute, I didn't order this. What is this doing in my life? I didn't call for this. We are just going to have to deal with issues that we didn't ask for. But continue in this word, continue in this truth. God said, I'll give you strength to overcome it. And we have to have enough faith in God to accept his word as is and his word as truth. I'm telling you, when everything else fails, take a hold of this. Take a hold of this. It will not fail. It will not fail. Now, turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, and let's read um, 7 through 12. Here is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And I just want to make a comment concerning that. Here is Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 7 says it like this. Everyone, now listen to what he says. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Now, what he is speaking to here, I'll just stop long enough to say here, where he says, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears, he's speaking to Israel. Israel's rejected him, and he says, look, Israel, you're blind, but you got eyes. You're deaf, but you got ears. You've rejected me, but yet I'm going to talk to you. And he says, let, number nine says, let all the nations be gathered together. Let all the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us, um, show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me. And understand that I am he. And before me was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. And verse 12 says, I have declared and has saved, I have shown, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord that I am God. Now he's telling Israel as he has done time and time again when there was no strange gods among you I have told you from the beginning that it's me and me alone. You look to me and to me only. I am the rewarder of him that diligently seek me. I will give you what you need. I am the supplier of your needs. Other words, don't look. That I, I, I have said that is why God, if you want to know why the, the, the prophet Elijah stood in Ahab's face and just said, no do or reign, because Baal, one of his titles was the storm God. And I believe within myself, I believe God got so frustrated at Israel, 
going to worship Baal. God said, okay, you want to worship Baal? We'll just let Baal give you rain for a while. So God said, okay, for three and a half years, you ain't going to get no rain. And as only God can do, he said, you know what? You ain't going to get no dew either. I'm cutting off dew and the rain. You ain't getting nothing for three and a half years. So God completely, completely got it through a time and time and time again to Israel telling them that it's me. Look to me. Look to me and to me only. That is why I said we can't compromise what we believe. This is Hatch Bend Apostolic One God Church. This is what we believe. It ain't what so much we believe. We believe this book. That's why I said it's not, it's not us sitting on a perch spouting, this is our belief. This is this book's belief. This is what's going to stand the test of time. This is what's going to make it when everything else fails. That's why I said let those come and let them go. They can have it and they can take. But this is what we can base our life on. When everything else goes and when everything else fails, that's why we have got to base our life on this. I'm telling you, we have got to base our life on this. God has told them, and he just, I mean, it's just, that. that's why I said, when you get into issues like the Godhead, that you really, really, if you really and truly don't understand it. I mean, th there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you really do not understand, I mean, study that. Study the Godhead. But, but read the Bible where God repeatedly told Israel, there was only one God, I am he. And God loved humanity so much that he made himself a body. And that body is Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible calls Jesus the Son of God, referring to the flesh of Jesus Christ. So he made himself a body. He came, he crucified that body. That body was crucified. So then, and then, that's why the Bible says, if we want to be saved, in other words, this here again is just another personal belief of mine. And as Brother Boyd has said, you've got to be careful about but he was talking about personal convictions. But this is just a personal, I will call this a theory. Where the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I believe that that literally, this is just a theory of mine. I got nothing to prove it by. But I look at it where the Bible says that the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Where the Bible says that God took uh, coverings of animals and covered Adam and Eve's nakedness. I think that was a lamb in types where, where the Bible says Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So he covered their nakedness. In other words, he covered their sin as a type, basically. So when you look at this, and then where the Bible talks about Jesus Christ was from the beginning, we know the body wasn't born until Bethlehem. So how could Jesus be from the beginning? Because he was God. He was Jehovah God. And the Bible tells us he, he was Emmanuel, God in Christ. In other words, God in flesh. So when he came, he repeatedly told Israel, he says, I, there was no God formed before me, nor will there be after me. So he's telling them, he says, that's why I don't make no league with the other inhabitants. Don't go to them. 
because he says they're basically, I hate to use the word corrupt, but basically that's what's going to happen. They're going to corrupt your beliefs. Now, we're not saying nobody is strong enough to stand on their own two feet, as we would put it. You have got to be strong in what you believe. You've got to know what you believe. That is why God said, continue in my word. The only time you hear this word can't be at church. You've got to read this word. You've got to apply this word because it is our strength. It is our hope. It is what's going to make us strong. It's what is literally going to give us insight. Now, turn with me to uh, back to St. John, but I want to be in the very first chapter. I want to read um, a verse that I love. St. John St. John 1, 1 and 17. I know you know this one by heart. It says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, I believe this is really and truly the true revelation of Jesus Christ. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, one, one reason why I love, which would probably bore some people, but when it comes to looking at the Day of Atonement, why I like to study that is because when the priest would go in, now here is something that was so special, and I'll be quick. Here is something that was so special. They could only go in one day, one day a year. And it had, it, one thing we do know that was in the ark was the law. And we know that the law demanded judgment. So when the priest would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, the way I picture it is here God, when he's looking, I picture God as if he was looking down. When he looked at man down there, he, not, he did not see judgment. The blood covered the judgment. So it's when saints, especially a lot of old-timers, used to say, I'm covered by the blood. I immediately, I immediately go to that as a day of atonement when the priest would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and vengeance was required, judgment was required and the priest, the high priest would go in and sprinkle that blood and God would look down and what required judgment, God would see the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat and now when we say we are covered by the blood, we know it's God when he was crucified. The blood that was shed was symbolic of us being covered by the blood. So grace and truth. And grace, I'm telling you, when the veil was rent, when God and made access, this gospel is available to whosoever will. We don't care, and I, and I don't mean that in, the, in a bad way. We don't care what you look like. It has nothing to do with it. What color, shape, it literally, that has nothing to do with it. This gospel is available to all, to all. It is available to all. God made this gospel available to everyone. But where grace comes in, 
is after we receive the Holy Ghost, and I'll say it forever, and then you sin. I'm telling you, that's true grace. God said that if we make a mistake after we, when, it, when something was, go with me right quick back to the temple. When the priest could only go in there one time of the year, and I've read literally where they had to tie a rope to him because if he did one thing wrong, they couldn't go in and get him because then they'd have two dead people in there. But here God said, after I give you my spirit and you make a mistake, grace. Here's the truth. But grace. God said, if you would hit your knees and repent, that he is faithful and just to forgive. I'm telling you, that is grace like we have never, ever known it. And... That is truly grace, truly grace. Now, I'm going to skip ahead. I'm going to skip one thing. I want to finish with um, turn with me to um, I'm still talking about freedom. Turn with me to 1 Samuel. This is a thought that I've actually had for a while. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's or something that I've studied, studied on for a long time, but I just hadn't seen it this way. First uh, Samuel 17, David and Goliath. Seventeen ten says it this way. I'm just I'm gonna just jump around, but just try to follow me. Of course, I know most of you are familiar with the story. And the Philistines said, "I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together." Now, I truly, with everything that's in me, believe that's where Israel went wrong when the Philistines said that. Because I believe literally Israel turned it inward. When, he, when this man got up there and said, give me a man. He was speaking to warriors. And I believe that's where Israel went wrong. They turned it in. They said, you know what? In other words, if, if, if he would have been just speaking to just, I don't know, a bunch of sheep herders. I'm not trying to be crude or nothing. They might would have looked at it wrong but you can't go to a bunch of men that does that that makes their living out of fighting and just say do we have a man in the crowd is any of you a man or not are you man enough to fight me I really believed that's where Israel lost it at when he said give me a man that we may fight together now Jump with me to 16. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. Now, he did this. He run his mouth for 40 days. And the Bible 40 is the ultimate test. So he did this twice a day. They woke up with this joker running his mouth and they went to bed with this joker running his mouth. For 40 days he did this. 
Now, verse 47. Now, this is the verse that's always intrigued me right here. David. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now, I've said before, we can't let the enemy set the rules. You cannot let the enemy set the rules. So, verse 50, jump down to 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. And this is another phrase that I like. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now, verse 47. If I would have been one of the warriors when David said, the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear. If I would have been a little arrogant, I'd have said, okay, just what are we supposed to do? Just look around. Are we going to just talk him down? This guy has a sword and he has a spear. How else are we going to fight him? So he has run his mouth. He's basically blasphemed. He's cursed, the Bible says. He's cursed David. He's cursed his gods. The Bible tells us he's did this for 40 days. But David, the man after God's own heart, says the Lord is not going to save right now. Right now, we've got it in our mind to go get this joker. But I'm telling you a truth. If David would have went out there with a sword, I believe he would have lost the battle. He just would have lost. That's why I've said, and I believe, we can't let the enemy determine the rules. We can't let temptations paint us in a corner, so to speak. When we get in certain situations in our life that we just seem like they're just so right. God's with us. The joker's running his mouth. Let's take care of business. But yet, we hear God in the background. That's not the way it should be done. The Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear. Okay, the book of Leviticus says it like this. Anyone that blasphemes is to be stoned. And I thought, you know what? What did David do when he went out there to, to this guy? He picked up five spoo stones. I'm telling you, when everything seems so right, when situations just, oh, man, they just seem like, you know what, God's with us. We got to do it. We got to have the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. Because David has said, what seems right to you, warriors? This guy made you mad from the beginning when he called you out. God's going to anoint you to take up your sword in a minute. But right now, this guy running his mouth ain't walking out of this valley. The blasphemer is fixing to be stoned. And right now, I'm fixing to carry out the execution. 
So he took up him five spoo stones and he basically planted one, I think, with the direction of the Lord. The Bible says right in the forehead. And I think what is the ultimate humiliation, I'm not trying to be gruesome, but what is the ultimate humiliation is he took his own sword and took off his head. So look at that. That's all natural, but we have to look at that as spiritual. I believe God, if something that we would look at is a total impossibility, God would give us victory. Something that we would think and from a spiritual point that I could never conquer that. I could never get the victory over that. God said, if you would just do it my way and just stay long enough in my word, stay in my truth, continue in my word, I'll give you the freedom over this. Because you can't, when something seems so right, it's just like Israel saying, you know what? We're sick of this guy running his mouth. But David's in the background saying, the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear. And they said, well, just what are we supposed to do? And David says, just give me a moment. I'm going to stone the guy. Then God's going to anoint you to pick up your sword. Then. Then and then only is God going to anoint you and you're going to have victory over the Philistines. And that is exactly what happened. That has intrigued me. That really has. So, But the Bible where it says, it tells us, and there was no sword in the hand of David. All he had was that little sling. But the Bible says, this word is true that the blasphemer is to be stoned. This word is true. God will give us freedom when situations that we find ourselves in that may seem so right. I'm telling you, just hang on. God will give us a freedom in it. God will give us a victory. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's sing. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.